0: Today's episode was also a video review, so feel free to check it out on youtube.com slash Eric Hundley, where you will find other video interviews and also a live stream that I do exclusively on YouTube with this week's guest being Jim Clemente, who was an FBI profiler and retired to work for Criminal Minds as a producer and writer. Really a fantastic guy, and we'll be able to answer your questions. Now, also about today's episode... This was actually recorded a while back in a Marchish time frame, but I really didn't think it would be appropriate to release because it's all about competitive eating. And the idea of having an episode about competitive eating in restaurants when all the restaurants and everything else were closed just seemed kind of cruel and unusual. So I'm really happy to have an opportunity to bring it out now as the country's starting to open. It's Randy Santel. A competitive eater, I think you're really going to enjoy it. My name is Eric Hunley, and this is Unstructured, where we have dynamic and formal conversations with some amazing people. Today, we are joined by someone whom I never imagined having on this show, somebody I never thought about having, or at least the profession, and that is an eater, namely a professional eater. Randy Santel, how are you doing?
1: i'm doing great i appreciate you having me on the podcast this is going to be fun and yeah being a professional or any kind of real eater is a very unique career that's for sure
0: well thanks for coming on and you kind of did a weird path it's like you went from the ultimate in fitness i mean men's health into competitive eating now how did that journey take place
1: Yes. Yeah. I used to, I played sports all my life growing up. And then I played high school and college football. And for a lot of people, I was an offensive lineman. And so I had to be bigger for my sport just to be able to push people around. And after you get done with your sport, especially when you're bigger uh, like I was, you always kind of wonder what it would be like to be thinner or be smaller or kind of just be sexier and, and, (laughs) and just feel healthier too. So I got into health and nutrition and fitness. While I was working in the construction industry, which was my first uh, bachelor's degree back in 2008 from Missouri State University. And I came across this body transformation contest sponsored by Men's Health Magazine and then the television series Spartacus. Did you ever watch that on the Stars Network?
0: I did. I couldn't watch past the first season, though, because of his death. It really. Yes,
1: yeah, once he passed away in real life. I actually got to meet him when I was over in New Zealand filming. Uh, is an extra in one of the scenes as part of the prize package. But I competed in that back in 2010 and I finished up on March 12th. Actually, the anniversary is coming up 10 years. And then uh, about two or three weeks before I took the final photos, my buddy asked me to do a 28 inch pizza challenge with him in St. Louis, where we were both from, because he helped me with the weight loss. And I decided, hey, that would be a fun way to kind of treat myself and and kind of celebrate being done with the big diet and everything. And so exactly a week later, after taking the photos, him and I did that. It was called the 28-inch Pointer Soros Pizza Challenge in St. Louis. And we had one hour to finish a 28-inch, 11-pound pizza. And we did that. I think our final time was around 48 minutes. But we got a check for $500 and then the pizza for free. And everything just kind of spawned from there. A month later, I tried a uh, 18-inch, almost deep-dish pizza in Jefferson City, Missouri, which was like an hour and a half away, mm-hmm. and I won that. I was the first person out of over 120 people to win, and I got a check for $450 for that. So that's kind of where all of the food challenges got started, and I really enjoyed it because now that I was done with sports, just focused on my construction career at the time, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any motivation to keep on working out now that I was done, and I knew that I would gain a whole bunch of weight by doing the food challenges if I didn't keep working out. So it was kind of all just went hand in hand. I would work out a ton during the week and then <laughs> do food challenges on the weekends.
0: Now, you said you were a, a linebacker. Not a linebacker, sorry. A Offensive lineman.
1: lineman, yeah. My dad didn't give me any speed, so I didn't get to play <laughs> much defense.
0: Were you the stereotypical, like a, kind of a bruiser, big, you know, kind of bulky, maybe a little overweight?
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wasn't much of. I didn't really have. You once once you said linebacker, I was like, no, I didn't have that kind of.
0: Like no, they were smaller angry. Than
1: I want to <laughs> kill the guy in front of me. Kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah, it was more just a bigger, bulky, uh, just trying to push people around and protect the quarterback.
0: Okay, so you were kind of heavy then, and then you lost the oh, for men's health. Oh, okay.
1: yeah, oh definitely, yeah. In high school, I got up to actually three hundred and forty six pounds was my highest.
0: Okay, my next question then is, what is your height?
1: Uh, my height is six five. Okay. Yeah, I always tell people my height is six five, almost two meters, and my weight just kind of depends on the day you ask.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, and I, I will want to go into that later, especially with the career choice that you're planning post um, post contests. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I, guess, I so plan on retiring contest. in
1: like 2022 or 2023, kind of uh, a little bit soon after I'm done with all of my stuff to become a dietitian.
0: Okay, so let's let's roll into that because you you have talked about this before and you might be getting tired of answering it, but what is the difference between a food challenge and a an eating contest? Yes.
1: Yeah. A lot of people labeled me as a competitive eater, and I always try to go more towards the professional eater because I pretty much just focus on food challenges. A food challenge is kind of like what a lot of people have watched on the travel channel show, Man versus Food, where there's a restaurant with, say, a five-pound burrito or a five-pound burger, 24-scoop ice cream sundae or something like that. And the restaurant has a set of rules where, say, you have 20 minutes, 45 minutes to finish. And if you do that and you complete the challenge, you'll win a prize, which is typically, at most restaurants, uh, uh, the meal-free. And then you usually get, like, a sweet T-shirt is what I always call it, just (laughs) a free T-shirt, either just from the restaurant or the bar or else some actually make a design t-shirt especially for the challenge and then sometimes you either get like a gift card or an extra prize but a lot of people they just kind of get their name and photo up on the wall of fame that is pretty much man versus food and with a eating contest that is where you have a competition to eat a whole bunch of food but against other people kind of like the hot dog competition that you might watch on fourth of july every year where there's like 15 20 people that line up and try to eat as many hot dogs as they can in the 10 minutes that would be more of an eating contest every now and then i will Mm. try to have like a fun what i call just a challenge slash contest Mm -hmm. where you compete against other people and you try to finish a food challenge the fastest those can be a lot of fun
0: okay that's like a hybrid so a food challenge you're competing against the food and yourself yes correct okay yeah
1: and even i might collaborate with some people for our channel And I might collaborate with other people with YouTube channels and Facebook pages. But what's most important, it's still man versus food. We're each pretty much cheering each other on while both taking on the challenge individually. So a lot of people in our videos, they might compare us and say, oh, he beat the other guy or whatnot. But what's most important is beating the actual food challenge. There's some times where I might go with like four of my friends that are really good. And I might get third or fourth between all of us. But hmm. as long as I win the challenge, that's what matters most.
0: Have you ever and been? Eight hundred
1: forty-nine oh. victories of those.
0: Okay, so almost eight fifty.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm working my way. the The goal is to get to over a thousand before I'm all done in all fifty states, which I've already done. I was the third person to do that, and then I'm hmm. going to try to get wins in at least fifty countries. So, still, I'm at thirty-seven now. Got a ways to go, but that, that's the fun part. I just got my passport renewed, so I got to fill it with some stamps.
0: Sweet. Now, have you ever been on the show, Man Vs. Food, or made an appearance?
1: I never actually got to be on that show. I've been on a lot of the Wall of Fames in the newer seasons since it started just a few years ago with the new host, Casey Webb. I've been Mm. on some Wall of Fames, but I've never actually been part of any of the episodes.
0: Mm, Okay. Hopefully, you'll get a chance to get on something like that.
1: That would be fun. Yeah, a lot of people always talk about uh, me having my own show and stuff like that, but... I was just telling we focus on the channels and it's it'd be very difficult to kind of get another food challenge show going now that they've already had. It's already kind of had its past time of uh, sure. man versus food. And then the Food Network has had a couple spin spinoff shows and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you've managed to monetize this through YouTube, I'm guessing, and maybe some sponsorships because... What? $400 and a contest or $500 when you're traveling, that's just not a lot of money.
1: No, no. Especially I've done like three or four food challenge tours lasting almost two to three months where I think a couple of them cost over 14000 bucks. So yeah, no, it's, it's more than just the, the $100 gift cards that you get every now and then when you do a food challenge. We've got over a million people following on Facebook now. That page got monetized in June of 2018. So Mm -hmm. life's been a lot better since then. But originally, from the start, we have monetized on YouTube. But really, we were doing it mostly for free. And really, I was doing all the construction stuff, uh, which was my first degree, like I said back in the day, using all that money that I made to fund all my trips and everything I was doing for the food challenges. So from 2010, when I started, uh, pretty much into 2017. It was definitely not any kind of profitable thing where we were making any money. I started in 2010, like I said, and then my friend Magic Mitch Dombrowski, he did all the editing uh, early on by himself from 2013 to 2016, and then now we have another full-time editor as well, my friend Arthur that lives near me in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Between Mitch and Arthur, we're doing four videos a week now, which is a lot Mm -hmm. more than we used to do, but even Mitch, he was working for like no money. Uh, back from like 2013 to 2016, really. He was living with his grandparents at the time, and then I was living with my mom and dad. So I did that until I moved back to Missouri State University uh, to start my, my another degree. But yeah, no, money was tight. We were just doing it for the love of it back then, knowing eventually it would grow into something.
0: Okay, so you did have plans. I was going to say, how, how do you stay motivated? But I also think in my head that there's these crazy runners, of which I am when I'm in shape, who like to do these fifty state marathons. So is those that guys similar- are nuts.
1: I've actually had <laughs> arguments about this, uh, not like heated arguments, but sure, sure, sure. St- there was an ultra marathon runner trying to tell me that I was crazier than he was. And I said, I would rather do five hundred or I would rather do a hundred food challenges than try to run a hundred miles or whatever those crazy guys run. I mean, I would never, I'm into cycling, but I would, the whole running is just all nuts. (laughs) Okay.
0: So, uh, but is it a similar thing where you just have this crazy passion that you want to check these boxes?
1: I would agree. Yeah.
0: And it it is a sport. Along the same
1: lines. Yes, definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I want to get to a thousand wins and there's no chance of me stopping uh, until I, until I have to, or else until I get it.
0: Okay, well, speaking of pain, <laughs> you brought okay. up all to running. That that can be very painful. Marathons are, are very painful. Um, I if I over about marathons,
1: I think a five k is painful
0: to some people. Actually, a five k <laughs> is more painful than a marathon sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, well, because, because you hit the wall and then you. Start well, you're
0: going all out. Yeah. In, in a marathon, you're pacing yourself in order okay, to cover that the makes distance. Five k is just go. And you're yeah. running extremely hard, so so good point. Actually, 5K is, ugh. five k is five k. Well, K's I appreciate hurt.
1: you filling me with knowledge. I didn't really think <laughs> about that, but yeah, I can I can see it being more of a uh, a coast when you're doing the the long distance.
0: I wouldn't call it a coast either, but yeah, it's uh it's strategy. It's funny; the longer it gets, the more it's about strategy. Which I'm guessing is again, I can draw parallels to what you're doing. Uh, with your eating, there's got to be a lot of strategy involved.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. If it's like six, seven pounds, sometimes eight, close to nine, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess you're you're very right there. It de- there's definitely some parallels of uh trying to make sure that not only you have the stomach capacity and that you're ready, but also that you have good strategy in order to finish because you might not have a good strategy and you might over drink on the liquids or something and. A normal challenge that you are able to fit into your stomach you lose just because you drank too much liquids or something like that and you don't have the stomach space anymore
0: yeah now you've mentioned uh, consuming a whole ton of watermelon at one point in order to kind of blow your stomach out or, or, or expand it as much as possible ahead is that deliberate so you get the least amount of nutrition at the same time or sustenance you're really starving by the time you go into the contest?
1: Yes, yeah. Back in the day, that's how I used to train. Uh, I lived in Kansas City, Missouri, and with like a five-minute drive away, was an all-you-can-eat salad bar for like six ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. So I would train a lot doing that, just eating as many plates of salad and fruit as I could, just because with the fruits and vegetables, It's highest volume, lowest number of calories because I was always prone to gaining weight. So if I would go to an unlimited pizza buffet or a Chinese buffet or something like that, I would gain a lot of weight. But about 18 to 22 hours before your food challenge or your eating contest, you want to have what I call on the website foodchallenges.com that I've written a whole bunch of articles for a max out meal where you just max your stomach space out as much as possible hoping that you eat more than you're going to need to during the competition just to make sure that you train and you prepare your stomach muscles to be able to relax and fit all of the food that you want to into it. So uh, you'll do that about, like I said, 18 to 22 hours before, usually during the evening, because a lot of the food challenges you might do are like a late lunch or or dinner or something like that. So yeah, you don't really want to have, you want to fast uh, pretty much until the food challenge. So You might have some coffee in the morning, or if it's a really late one, uh, dinner, or just if you like to eat, maybe have some yogurt or a protein shake or something, just for some sustenance and calories. But mostly, Mm. other than that, just water, and then just make sure you're kind of empty, but still hydrated and feeling good for when the challenge comes.
0: All right, now let's talk pain, as I was going into earlier, because speaking for myself, If I eat too much at a meal, like, you know, oh, God, that's so good. And I just, I have those extra few bites. I am miserable. And for a while after a meal, you have to suffer a bit to consume as much as you do in a sitting.
1: One of the funny things for food challengers, especially after you get get a couple under your belt and you become cocky, is you'll do a little bit of cocky won't say everybody gets cocky but you start to realize your limits and when you do a food challenge it's a lot lower than your limits you might get cocky by the restaurant will offer you a dessert or something you'll be like oh yeah 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 so what's always funny is when you do a food challenge and you get done and you still feel okay just because you've done ones bigger before but then the restaurant brings you out a big dessert and then you just eat extra stuff on top of it and then you feel like crap that's always funny because you just know that it's only your own fault but yeah, I would say that nowadays especially if I do a challenge under six pounds, I usually feel okay. But if it's gonna be over six and a half, seven, eight where it, I know I'm just gonna be really close to my full capacity, yes, mm-hmm. it can be it can be very difficult but also too, I've been doing it long enough that you don't really I guess feel it too much. The worst is when you lose because then not only you feel awful physically but you just feel like a loser mentally, too, especially with all the subscribers and stuff that we have. Losing in front of 60 people sucks. So usually when that happens, I'll just go to my hotel or wherever I'm at and just lay down the whole rest of the night, watch a movie or something and just let it all digest. But I actually, one of the big things for me is because I tour all the time. I might finish a food challenge and then, uh, well, it does help that I stay afterwards like an hour or sometimes two hours Mm -hmm. to sign autographs and meet and greet with all the people that come to our events. But sometimes afterwards, I've got to go on a long drive. So I might eat like a six-pound sandwich, and then I've got to drive six hours to Mm -hmm. halfway to my next destination. So to help with that, I actually take digestive enzymes. So uh, because the thing with like after your big meal or whatever, say Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. or whatnot, you feel tired afterwards because your body is using all of its energy to digest all the sure. food. So, I don't want to just fall asleep at the wheel while I'm driving. So, mm. the digestive enzymes help with all that to make sure that I don't feel too tired afterwards.
0: Ironically, there's another parallel to running, and this is stuff you can study when you're, uh, with dietitian things, but when running, especially in a marathon, your stomach shuts down.
1: So. Oh, okay. yeah, I think, I, yeah, I learned about that in sports nutrition. Because that's one of the things that you guys have to worry about, especially the long distance of you got to mm-hmm. eat the right things or else your body's going to mess up or or else it's going to come out the end. You don't want it to
0: <laughs> Yeah, both of those. And it's, yeah. it's ironic. It's like we're on opposite sides of the same scale, I guess. But um, so how do you recover from it? Besides the enzyme, and I worry, you know, without getting too graphic, is it a bathroom involved or no?
1: No, not really. No, I, I try not to do that. There are some eaters, of course, that uh, don't really want to go through all the, the exercise and stuff to manage their weight, so they, they do it other ways. But, no, I try not to uh, ever uh, get sick or throw up on purpose or anything like that. It happens sometimes, of course. Sometimes food just doesn't sit right. Sure. But one of the things I do is, uh, and a lot of people do this too, but once, uh, let's say, even if you're full, you eventually it's going to start digesting so once you get to the point where you can start drinking some water the water helps to really settle your your stomach get enough water to your system to to keep it hydrated and running but then uh and then plus two the liquid uh runs through you a lot faster uh mm. plus two another thing is is a lot of the food challenges we do are just loaded with sodium mm. so you might like help there would be times where i would i could gain like 20 or 30 pounds in the matter of a couple of days mm-hmm. but then drink a ton of water for the next couple of days and and be right back to where i was so uh that's one of the things too is that you might go a couple hours after a challenge even though you're just full of liquids and everything else but just because of the sodium retention you really don't go to the bathroom much so that can suck i might wake up in the morning and my ankles will be swollen or or Mm. my hands will be a little bit more swollen just because I know of all the sodium and and water that I've been having.
0: Wow. And not to dwell on the bad points, but you mentioned how it really sucks if you lose and, you know, drama is always interesting and good. Can you describe one time you lost and what, what it all happened?
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most depressing times ever. I was in Athens grace and I don't know what it was, but the Greeks did not want me to win any food challenges while I was there. I was one and two. Uh, with the, I won the first one barely. Uh, it was a team challenge with my friend Mitch. But then the other two, I got my butt kicked. And on the third, it was in uh, like central Athens in this really nice area. And hmm. I don't know. Have you ever been to Greece? I have not. The people there are absolutely beautiful.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, there's just eights and nines walking around normally the 10s and 11s and 12s on a scale of 1 to 10 come out on Fridays and Saturday nights. So it was crazy. But I actually, I specifically asked the restaurant to make sure that I was there uh, while they made the burger because I wanted to make sure everything was okay. They mostly spoke Greek and not too much English. so I wanted to make sure that there was no crazy translations or anything, even though I had our Greek friend with us. But I went to the bathroom just to get my uh the uniform that i wear on and everything like that and i came back and all the burgers were already cooked and already made and my buddy mitch that was videoing everything he just looked at me and he just shook his head and i and i just knew it was going to be way too big to finish so there was like 100 Hmm. 150 people maybe all watching outside uh just so many beautiful people i was expecting this awesome night we're gonna party in athens afterwards but then I just got my butt kicked uh, wow. neither myself nor my friend Donos were able to finish. And uh, I would say I've probably lost maybe 30 times over the years, I guess. Mm. And a lot of them were last year in 2019, but uh, I would say probably half of them are, are from me getting sick, which is disqualification. And that's what happened then. So some, some of the times I, I know that I'm not going to finish, and so there's no reason to really just keep pushing. So I'll try to do the best I can, but I won't give that last five percent or nothing. Because, but if I do think I can finish, I will. I will try to go the distance. And if some food and some bite doesn't sit right, <laughs> there's a whole lot that comes up. And yeah, it, it's it's more embarrassing the first couple times. Once you get used to it happening and and that, it uh, it becomes a little bit easier. But wow. uh, but if I do think that there's a risk of getting sick. I'll look at the restaurant and make sure that they have like a, a bucket ready or or something so that uh, <laughs> Monty it doesn't Python. it doesn't get gross <laughs> for the spectators.
0: That makes me think of Monty Python and the meaning of life. Just oh, yeah. thin wait for Monsieur.
1: I haven't seen that one, uh, but a lot of people also think of the movie Stand by Me.
0: Mm, yes, the Pie Eating.
1: Yes, yeah, where he starts he takes the castrel oil or whatever beforehand mm. and then just starts chucking everywhere and making everybody else sick yeah
0: <laughs> Well while we're on the Greeks tell me about Atlas you say Atlas or I or introduce yourself as um, Atlas in the start of your videos
1: Yes yeah I've actually had that from the very beginning. My friend Dan and I before we were gonna do the our first food challenge together a lot of the other competitive eaters that we were watching like the ones on Fourth of July that do the Nathan's contest, A lot of them had cool nicknames. So we were trying to think of our own nicknames, and we just couldn't think of anything that we really liked. And one day he texted me and said, hey, I want to be Zeus. Uh, Well, I I wanted to go along with it. So if he was going to be Zeus, I figured I would keep with the theme and go with Atlas. And it just kind of lucked out for me that the the whole Atlas kind of thing turned into me going around the world and having this global association. So that was kind of cool. I turned my hat before every food challenge. I started that like at win number 50 or 60 or something, and that comes from one of my favorite movies that I used to watch with my dad called Over the Top with hmm. Sylvester Stallone. Before every arm wrestling match, he would turn his hat, and he would transform into what he labeled or called a machine, kind of hmm. like one of the trucks that he drove. So before every food challenge I do, I, I transform, and I turn my hat, and I transform into Atlas. I have uh whenever I get new hats I have embroidered Atlas on the back uh which is uh mm. whenever I get the meals free uh if I don't get the meals free I always get the meals free nowadays but if I did it back in the day I wouldn't turn my hat so the atlas didn't come out just for just for this non free meal so that's kind of <laughs> the one of the things we had with the channel cuz people would know that I wasn't going to get it free if I didn't turn my hat
0: Okay so you have a a communication going and um uh... It's yes, I yeah, there's a so lot much. of
1: subtle things that longtime subscribers all know whenever they see it automatically.
0: That's awesome. Now I I'm gonna go into we've had a couple of videos extremely recently talking about you had a really large weight gain in 2019. I did, yes. And you yeah. were just saying you lost some contests. Uh, what was going on? Uh well,
1: uh I graduated is one of the big things, and we had a I'm on a 12-week break that I am labeling as sexification 2020, where, yeah, I got pretty big in 2019. My record for the year was 126 and 12. So I got my degree in nutrition and dietetics back in May of 2019, last year. And then I did not take enough breaks uh, during the rest of the year. I have a, a team that does my schedule for me and everything, and then mm-hmm. I just had so much time available that so... We were always just touring, touring, touring. And then two, we ramped up last July to four videos per week. And so to keep four videos a week uh, all the time, even with taking breaks and stuff, that meant I had to have a lot of uh, videos in the pipeline. So and then I was also traveling a lot, too. If I'm driving, I'm not able to exercise or, Mm -hmm. or do a whole lot. So between posting all the videos, even with two full time editors and trying to get back to all the the comments and messages that I get while promoting the food challenge events and and a lot of other stuff. There just wasn't too much workout time. And with all the food challenges I was doing, the weight just piled on. I never actually intended to ever beat my highest weight in high school, which is 346 pounds, but I surpassed that definitely. And I started my weight loss sexification break at 373.9 pounds, which I'm finished with eight weeks now and I'm down over 52 pounds. So I'm getting closer. I want to be back under 300 when I start back up on uh, the first challenge back will be April 7th. So we still got about a month left to go.
0: Do you use intermittent fasting or anything to help control weight?
1: I get that a lot. And I guess you can, you can act, you can say kind of that I do during the, during the the food challenge tours, because I really only eat that one time per day. I used to do two a days, but I don't really anymore just because, I'm going on my 10-year anniversary is this upcoming March 19th. Mm-hmm. So I don't when I'm on my, my diets. I eat whenever I – that's one of the things, too, is I like food. And <laughs> so I'm only able to really eat during my food challenges that one or two times per day. And I'm not even really able to enjoy it because I'm oh, trying to eat same. fast and, and all that. So I eat multiple times a day usually. Uh, and plus, too, I ride. Uh, you're in, I'm into spinning. Uh, For my graduation present, I got myself a really nice spin bike, uh, Stages SC3, and then I use an app. So I'll ride probably 10 to 12 hours a week, uh, like four Mm. or five times a week, in addition to lifting three or four times a week. And then just some other things that I'll do, uh, abs and and all that other stuff, uh, which when I'm not traveling, I have a lot more time to do all that. So, yeah, no, I'm at uh, 320 pounds basically now. I've got about 20 more. That i want to lose during these next four weeks before i start back up again and then the goal won't be to main or won't be to lose it'll be just to to maintain and i got a i just got a new van actually uh, that i'm naming pegasus to go along with the greek mythology theme but <laughs> i'll be able to take my spin bike with me on the food challenge tours so i'll have a lot easier time actually getting workouts in i'll still have a gym membership but most gyms unless you want to pay a lot of money, have awful spin bikes and Mm. I'm not, it gets super boring to try to walk and you don't burn as many calories or anything. And, and being this big, I'm not going to run. It would be very difficult on my joints. Mm. So, uh, and I, I mean, I just can't run that fast. I would say, I always follow the move or the, the song gangsters don't run because gangsters can't run fast, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, uh, we're going to be clustering events as well too. So there's not going to be as much drive time in between the events. So I'll have more time to exercise. And there's more people on the team, too, helping with all the publicity. Uh, my friend Whitney joined the team, is helping with all our communications and stuff like that. So 2020, I'm definitely not going to be gaining as much weight as I did in 2019.
0: Yeah, essentially your weight is almost doing the seesaw thing. And I can't help. It
1: out. is, yeah, yo-yoing, if you want to call it that. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, seesaw is fine, too.
0: I can't help but think of uh, The Biggest Loser and how the contestants on there, they've done a lot of uh, follow-ups on there that almost, I think all of them save one or two, have gained all their weight back and more, and there are questions whether their metabolism actually gets torched in that time period. Does that concern you at all?
1: Oh, let's see. Yeah, I get. Well, I also have a lot of people that compare me to like Christian Bale and Tom Cruise for like mm-hmm. their roles in Castaway. Uh, what's uh can't think of his name, but there's there's been others too. where like Tom Hanks has diabetes now and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I don't really mess with lean body tissue. It's more just gaining and losing fat but yeah, I've heard that because my dietetics teachers have talked about it as well. I think there's a little bit more to it though, with the biggest loser people is that they're not taught as much about nutrition. The show focuses a lot on their exercise Mm -hmm. and you can exercise all you want, but if you don't have a solid fundamental background in nutrition, you're not going to be able to, to really sustain much. It's kind of like, Do you have Netflix? Do you ever watch many Netflix documentaries? Sure, time to time. Did you watch the ones about juicing?
0: I did not, no.
1: A a guy from Australia, he has a, it was the first one was like an infomercial for juicing almost, but I really liked the series because there were two of them, and in the first series, they had like three or four success stories about all these people that just switched to only juicing, and they lost all this weight. Mm -hmm. But then, in the second, they kind of followed up with those people, and They never really learned too much about how to balance their nutrition normally. So once they got off that juicing diet, a lot of them gained all their way back too. So um, it's just more also too, people get burnt out. I mean, if you're you're going for that one goal of becoming the biggest loser, Mm -hmm. nobody cares really what techniques you use to get there. It's about achieving the goal. And so once you're done achieving that goal, you got to have more motivation to keep on going. And a lot of the times without that extra external motivation on there to, to win and, and not look like a, a jerk or not a jerk, but a jackass on, on the show in front of everybody, you might just, you're on your own and it's not going to be as easy to keep on working out and, and manage your diet. So I think, I think that's definitely something that, that could potentially happen with the metabolism. But I think, For a lot of the people like on The Biggest Loser, I think it's definitely a multifactorial issue.
0: Hmm. Do do you ever burn out?
1: Uh, No, I don't. I was getting close because uh, I get the question a lot of of do I like do I ever get to a point where I hate traveling? And I've never gotten to a point where I've just hated travel. It's the food challenges. You get to a point eventually where. Uh, Because I know what I could look like if I didn't do the food challenges Mm -hmm. and if I just focused on my health and and ate right and all that and and had some other career. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, I know why I'm doing this and what it's all leading up to. So it's kind of easy for me. But the good thing is, is I know that the tours are finite and that they're going to end. So we usually schedule them so that by the time I'm about to be burnt out with all of them, that's when the break happens and then i'm i'm able i'm able to refresh during the break why are you doing it I, well it's because uh, since 2012 i've always kind of had this goal of using the food challenges and all my professional eating stuff to get, to grow my social media as kind of the marketing plan to get everything ready for once my book and everything that i'm working on in nutrition education system is finally ready that's going to publish now, my original goal wasn't to become a dietitian, but I did all the research and mm-hmm. and kind of decided that if I didn't become a dietitian, uh, a, a, cert, a nutrition certificate or something like that is kind of half-assed uh, in in the reality of it. So in 2015, I committed to becoming a dietitian, but then I'll be a dietitian finally in like 2022 or 2023. I decided to take a break. I got my schooling done in May of last year, like I said. But I decided to take a break rather than do the – we have to do a 1,200-hour internship in order to become the dietitian, and then we have to pass the credentialing test too. But I decided that it would be much more efficient to do all the food challenges I wanted to do before actually becoming a dietitian, because doing it – as a dietitian, doing a whole bunch of food challenges and being a professional leader that would not be very – that would be frowned upon by a lot of people in the community. So what I'm doing is all these food challenges – Growing my social media so that I'll have a couple million followers on both YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and, and some of the other social platforms that still have yet to develop for once the time comes that it's time to switch over, retire from all the things I'm doing as a professional leader, and then I'll use all my social media as a platform to better help people understand fundamental nutrition and weight management.
0: Does the contradiction bother you at all right now? Are you doing anything to... Help you because I, I would worry about people getting the wrong message. There's a distinct contradiction between dietitian and food challenges in, in my mind.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah, no, 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 and that's why when I when it's time to be a dietitian, I'll be the 250 pounds, and I and I won't really I won't be as a practicing dietitian. I won't be doing the food challenges. I'll be mostly using that as all my my past experience in addition to the education that has helped me develop all the stuff that i'm talking about which is not really going to be based on opinion uh it's going to be more on um dietitians always call it Mm evidence-based so evidence-based but also experience-based so the the food challenges is what will be used to help me relate to people because right now there are zero dietitians with any kind of presence on Mm -hmm. uh major social media platforms besides Instagram, which is just photos and stuff. There's no dietitians on video platforms and so many people are switching over to video platforms and podcasts and stuff for a lot of their health information. And the people going to the internet for health information, they're getting their nutrition knowledge from fitness-oriented people who also happen to offer nutrition advice. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's finally time to start getting some dietitians uh, on social media too. So uh, when I become a dietitian, I'll be the number one followed on social media in the whole world. So right. it'll be it'll be a big responsibility that I'm trying to make sure I'm ready for.
0: Do you push the message though that you're a professional and don't try this at home, kids? And I, I'm I'm being serious because it, it...
1: I do I do make sure that I I never actually recommend it. And that that's how another thing too is is. People might try one food challenges or two food challenges, but there are very few that actually take it seriously and get into it. And mm. there's nobody currently that is taking it even close to as seriously as I do. Uh, the sec- the number two guy in food challenges, he's pretty much retired now, my friend Ramsey. Okay. I think he got up to uh, almost 400, but there's nobody even close to the 829.
0: Okay, because I worry about. I mean, there's almost a uh, fetishized aspect of eating, and even like gainers and feederism communities and things like.
1: There is, yeah. Back in the day, I used to have uh, people wanting to, and actually, too. There's some Randy photos from 2019 circling around Tumblr and stuff with, uh, for people in that community that like to see bellies and stuff like that. My friend, uh, Magic Mitch, that goes on all the tours with me, he enjoys taking photos and <laughs> posting them for other people's enjoyment. So some of his photos that he's posted has has been taken and put on other places online. So I know he gets a kick out of that. I don't mind because it doesn't bother me. But uh, a lot of people, and I'll get messages on my Instagram of telling me, hey, don't take a break. Uh, you are so sexy. Keep on eating. Try to gain another couple pounds just become a real power eater. And I'm like, whoa, buddy. I mean, I just say thank you for, thanks for your support. I appreciate it. But I mean, I don't really get too into that because I've always known that once it comes time as a dietitian, I'll be weighing around 250. I was 225 pretty much when I did the two uh, transformations that I've done. But getting down that low just isn't sustainable. Being around 240 to 250 will be, a lot easier to maintain, and I'll be a lot happier.
0: Okay, to wrap things up, what is a question that people should have asked you or should know, but nobody's ever asked you?
1: I actually hardly have many people really ask about my why. Like, I've I've been doing this for 10 years, and it's an incredible what I've all had to do to manage my weight and Mm -hmm. stuff, and hardly anybody ever asked that. A lot of people actually think that I do all these just for free meals and sweet t shirts. Like, I, I get, every, well, I make a big deal about the sweet t shirts in all my videos. Right. I've got four uh, 46 gallon plastic tubs at my mom and dad's right. house uh, filled with all the shirts I've won over the years. So, a lot of people get into the t shirts and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people that just think, that I just do the food challenges for fun and travel and to get free food. So a lot of people don't really dive into the surface of asking why or, and the people that actually do, and and I ask, they don't really understand what all I'm putting into all this. I always tell people that this goal of getting to over a thousand wins and over 50 countries and all 50 States is the easiest of five goals. And so, um, which I never really discussed those or anything. Those will all be more uh of once the book and everything else comes out. But yeah, there's just it's I mean it's and it's really a a not a society thing. I don't want to just relatively say that, but people just think a, a lot on the surface now. A lot of people don't really try to think too deep. But really, you don't there's not that many people that spend the time on one particular subject or invest the time into thinking that deeply. Mm-hmm. More people just try to get into a whole bunch of a lot of things on the surface level. So do you know what I mean? Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah.
0: Sure. And I mean, that is the most important question because it is an unusual pursuit.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's, um, the funny thing is too, is, is a lot of my friends and everybody, uh, the friends that I still do have and keep in contact with, they've all got normal jobs. Mm -hmm. I don't really have anybody that's just kind of an oddball uh, like I am, other than the food challenges that I follow and, and stay in contact with. But but even then, I, I take it a lot more serious than a lot of those people.
0: I guess so. Good Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I don't recommend, and uh, even the diet that I'm doing right now, like I've lost 52 pounds in uh, eight weeks. I mean, I don't, I don't recommend going that hard to people. Right. So I always tell people that, you know, most people with families and responsibilities and stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm one of the few people I'm 33 and a half and I still have, I've got no debt, no responsibilities, no family. And I've been single since 2012. (laughs) So, uh, I've got a lot of time. And especially since this is my job pretty much, uh, to keep my health and I'm not going to have much success with the nutrition education system. If my health's in, uh, in, in poor shape. So, uh, Health is a big focus for
0: me. Good, I, and I hope you are sharing that message.
1: Oh, I do, yes. Yeah, well, it's hard, too, because, uh, and not that it's a kick to my ego, but it's definitely a humbling thing to be able to respond to some of the comments that we get on our videos, because there are a lot of people that just think I am a total dipstick. I mean, the the ultra-simple... Advice that I get in comments is just crazy. Mm. Like, oh, I don't think that you're doing enough. You need to do more exercise. And that's like the advice that I'll get. I'm like, in order for you to think that that was advice that I needed, you have to think I'm so stupid, like to the point where I can barely sign into a Gmail account. So, um, but yeah, we've been posting videos every Friday during the sex vacation where I've just been updating people on my status. And then talking about a different subject related to my health, my diet, my nutrition, and my fitness and stuff. That is kind of helping people get into. Uh, eventually, I'm going to start having to make a, a slow transition over to everything I'll be doing as a dietitian, which'll which won't be an overnight thing. It'll it'll be a long time thing. Probably mostly starting once I actually get into my dietetic internship, which won't be till August 2021. But Um,
0: Can you say that word again slowly, the the period you're going through right now? I've never heard the word before you're using.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, no, it's my own. You can find it in a couple other places, but sexification. Can you spell it? S-E-X-I-B-A, no. Okay, so you're making (laughs)
0: yourself sexy again. Is that the? Yes, yes, yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Sex vacation. (laughs) S-I-X-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. Because if you put it into YouTube, you know, when you do a YouTube video, Mm. it tries to uh, think of what you're saying in order to have captions, Mm. like auto-generated captions. It it always comes up as sex vacation.
0: Nice. I bet you have good (laughs) SEO on that word.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 But no, I always have to make sure that I fix that. Because people are like, wait, what are you doing? You're doing what to lose weight? So you could definitely sell a diet on that. You could lose weight. No, mine's not that fun. (laughs) Yes, yes, for sure. As long as you have good nutrition.
0: All right. Well, speaking of that, people can find you then on Facebook and join a million other people?
1: All of our YouTube or all of our videos go on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page, which is Randy Santel. I've got a website. It's a bit older, but I try to keep it as updated as I can. RainySantel.com. And then if you have any questions related to food challenges, if you're even wondering where a food challenge might be around you, we have a global database. And I've got over 100 articles to help people understand. Our motto with FoodChallenges.com is when before you begin. And the three main words to that is train, strategize, dominate. And you can use it for really anything because with a food challenge, if you've got your stomach capacity trained and able to fit all the food that you have to eat, and you have a proper strategy going into Mm -hmm. it, you'll be confident enough to know that you're going to dominate. So it's kind of a mindset thing. But everything related to all of that is just on foodchallenges.com. And then I've got Twitter, Snapchat. uh, Everything's Randy Santel. If you want to follow any of my workouts, any of my spin stuff or anything like that, uh, I've got Strava. It's my full name, just Randall Santel.
0: Awesome. Well, Randy, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Hey, no, I appreciate you having me on. This has been a lot of
0: fun. Hey, thanks again for listening. And let's keep the conversation going. You can find me all over social media, Twitter, Instagram. Well, you won't find me there very much. Facebook to a degree. You can always find me as Hunley Eric on all the services. And I'd love to talk to you and keep the conversation going. In the meantime, if you want to listen to a couple other great shows to entertain you, check out my good friends at Grumpy Old Geeks. That's Jason DeFilippo and Brian Schulmeister. And of course, the legend himself, Christopher Lockhead has two shows, Follow Your Different and Lockhead on Marketing. Chris is a fabulous resource, has a freewheeling style of chatting and having a conversation, and I think you will really enjoy it. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next time.